What's going on, guys? It's Mohammed, the host of Aware Alpha, and welcome to episode 102 or 3. Just saying that sounds so crazy. I cannot believe that I've recorded over 100 episodes for this podcast. You know, I cannot even believe that at times that there's a platform that I have access to and I'm sharing my voice, my lessons, my teachings, and also having very special guests come onto the show and sharing their experiences, their lessons, their thoughts, and their values and everything that they share. It's truly, truly, I'm just grateful for it because I have learned so much. And at the same time, you know, getting the feedback through Instagram, Facebook, emails, and everywhere from people that are listening to the podcast. And actually, not only for entertainment purposes, because I know I do have a good voice, but actually taking value from it and implementing it in their day-to-day life, in their relationships and actually seeing a difference. And when I get those messages, it truly, truly touches my heart. And today we have another special guest, you know, someone that I'm excited to dive deep with and have an awesome, authentic conversation. She's an author, a writer, and somebody that writes very good, valuable, in-depth teachings and lessons and stories on sex, love, and intimacy. So with that being said, Charlotte, welcome to the Aware Alpha podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you. It's it's a pleasure for me as well. One of the first questions that comes to my mind is, is there a difference between love and intimacy? You're going to like stump me right away, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, is there a difference? Mm. No, I feel like they just kind of I feel like they're entwined. Mm, like we, or I guess I could ask it in a different way. Do you feel like love and intimacy is the same thing? Like if I'm feeling love or if I love someone, that means I'm also intimate with them. But then even just now when I was saying that, I was like, there's a lot of people that I love that I'm not necessarily intimate with, right? Well, and if you think about it too, intimacy is more than just physical right? Mm. So I feel like, yes, you, <laughs> like those people that you love that you're not physically intimate with, mm. you can still share intimacy on like a soul level. Mm. I like that. What are you just shared? Like, what are some examples of intimacy besides it just being what people think? Because what I, from my experience, when people hear intimacy, I feel like right away they think sex. They think like having sex with someone. But I believe in just personal experiences that there's so many different levels of intimacy, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me from your, you know, experiences and realizations some forms of intimacy that are just as beautiful, that are just as in-depth, and they're not sexual at all? Like one that like popped into my head is even something as simple as like someone laying on your stomach, like just mm-hmm. their head on your yeah. stomach. And I don't know, there's just this, I mean, there could still be that chemistry yeah the two of them but even Mm. just that act right Mm. of being right there and that i don't know it's just such a when you think of like the root chakra the sacral chakra yeah there right so Mm -hmm. as simple as that 
or like forehead kisses, right? Mm. They're so intimate. Mm. Very true. Yeah. What's uh, like even just now myself, I was thinking because I went through like a period where I was celibate and How but I <laughs> 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 i've had that question get asked a lot you know <laughs> and i have like you know very amazing women in my life and during that time i was able to experience a woman on a totally different level because now the only thing that i always growing up in my 20s i'm only 32 like what assume and i'll be like blunt it's like i always just thought like i just want to have sex with a woman i never felt like there was any other needs that was my own traumas and wounds and cultural programmings but as I started to become aware and just do the work on myself these last couple of years and when I decided to go celibate um I the experiences that I started to have with women was just totally different because now we're here with each other and that only thing that I only knew to do with women is off the table so now it's like how can we really experience each other you know and it reminds me of a post I think that you had um, shared where about like the um, the real feminine energy, a real like a real feminine woman, like like there's so much to it. And for me, I'm grateful at a young age to have experienced the like the radiancy that you can get from a feminine energy without any of that stuff. You can just be in their presence. And if you're an ambitious man. That thing is like pre-workout. It's like fuel, you know, the love of a feminine woman. It can really take you to levels in your life. And for me, that's why I actually was celebrating all that because I was using my energy to creative and do my business and stuff like that. Right. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Tell me a little, because I don't have a word for it. My word is feminine radiancy, right? It's like. That's lovely. Yeah. Tell me. And like a woman who fully embodies her like sensuality mm. that we've talked about this a little bit like almost like living your life turned on yes and I mean I haven't managed to do that all the time because I'm a mother yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one with children knows you can't always be turned on when you're like yeah. you know. <laughs> but um but I feel like I am a lot mm -hmm. more than I used to be. And it's yeah. just, it's just like this energy that's inside of me. And mm -hmm. like, sometimes when I try to describe it to people, I'm like, I don't know, it just kind of is like pouring out of me and yeah. there's nothing I can do about it. Mm. And I feel like it was more so like in the last like six years. Okay. Um, and then even more so in the last like two or three. Okay. And it, it doesn't seem to diminish. It actually just gets. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> and how long have you been married? Um, 17 years. 17 years. The interesting talk came to my mind was that, do you feel like the safety and being in a good marriage and having the safety of a masculine in your life and just being in a good position has helped you tap more into your feminine energy and your femininity, I guess the word would be. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think, um, and also um, like watching my husband 
grow mm. over the last few years too. Yeah. Um, and like doing his own healing and rising up to like meet me or, you know, like yeah. we've always just been really good together, mm. but it, I feel like we're just on this journey and it's, it's always changing and I, mm. I really love it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's sounds like you guys have a great union because if it's like if there is if they're not the other person is not doing the work at some point that starts affecting you and then we live in a world where then that gets you more into your masculine energy which robs you of the this feminine energy that turns you on and brings joy and peace in your life and all that right um for you like the way you express and you share all the things online, right? If someone was to read all that and they'd be like, wow, like this woman is just in good feelings all the time. Like, like how can I get turned <laughs> on with life like the way Charlotte is, right? So for all the women that are listening to the podcast, that's one of the questions they would have. It's like, how can I be more in my feminine energy? How can I be turned on? Like, what are, what are some practical things maybe like let's say you know you were cleaning the kids today and like there's poo all over and like you're like <laughs> you're like like you cannot be turned on out of that but yeah how do I'm you get past that point but i remember <laughs> yeah like how do you go from when the life's challenges and everything like are overwhelming you how do you get yourself back into just being turned on and being happy and whether there are steps or just yeah, share some stuff on that because I'm sure the the women listening to this are very curious to hear. Oh my goodness! I think certainly taking some time to myself mm. um, is a big thing. I would go have a bath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, and I love my baths. I didn't yeah. use to love them as much, but now, like you know, I do bath the baths the right way, like candles mm. and bath salts and flowers floating around and essential oils and like beautiful music and Mm. um, I will even do like I have a bath board that I had made so I can write in the bath okay okay I'm always trying to like balance my notebook and write on the edge of the tub but so now I have this bath board but I also like will set it up as a little charcuterie board yeah yeah so just to kind of find a way to get back into your body we spend so much time, like, it's almost like out there in the world, yeah. like doing everything to actually bring ourselves like back into our body and like mm. feel. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Well, <laughs> for me, I'm, when was it? I think it was a couple years ago, I discovered Yoni Pleasure Palace. Okay. And they are in Australia and they make the most beautiful crystal and glass um, adult toys. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're, they just have this way of helping you like connect mm. to something deeper, especially the crystal ones, mm. right? And um, I think anyone who knows anything about some, about crystals, like using yeah. like black obsidian and... I feel like women have found it so healing. Mm. Um, but yes, I, I really love, I had, I have quite the collection. Nice. Yeah. I've seen those. <laughs> I've, I've seen them a lot. A couple of female friends have also like sent me pictures of the ones that they have got. Mm-hmm. 
And it's interesting, actually, while we're on that topic, first of all, crystal stones, I'm, you know, I'm very big on stones, like I'm wearing one, I actually have a amethyst heart right here sitting. <laughs> What's that one? Gosh, I'm trying to remember. Mm. Um, I can't remember. It's new. <laughs> okay. okay. It, is it a cellulite by chance? I can't no, see. It's kind of, it's slightly pink, but it, I don't okay. think it wasn't rose quartz. Mm. I have to look. But yeah. Um, what I was going to ask was, what's the difference? Well, first of all, the yoni crystals that carry energy. So that part makes sense for me. Mm -hmm. um, also to touch back on your bats and everything. The, I think I believe why you, those things help is because you're getting all the five senses involved, where if you just like got in a bat and took a bat and then like, it was like, Oh, but no, you like set the intention, you bring the essential oils, you smell, touch, you know, senses, ears, eyes, they're all involved. Um, well, we put crystals in the tub too. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. So that definitely energizes. And also uh, rose water. I've heard that's something that really, yeah. um, I use that for my own. Like I take a lot of baths because I'm in this phase of my life tapped into my feminine energy. So I will, the feminine me will be like, I want a bath. I'm like, but I want a shower. I'm like, okay, I'll give you that. So I'll go take a bath. And then I spray the rose water around my face and it's like a smell it. And it just entices the feminine energy. So that's great. You get your senses involved and you get back into your body. That's out to get back into being turned on and being happy and getting this joy all going into your life. The question I ask about the yoni crystals, yeah. the first thing that is when I see them, the first thing that comes to my mind is, oh, it's, that's a dildo. Would you say there's differences between, like, I, I guess a dildo could be a plastic or a vibrator or whatever, but like, I, I why are they called like yoni pleasures and i know the word yoni means vagina but like mm -hmm. is there any differences um it's kind of funny because i always like compare them to what i would call a silicone jackhammer mm, silicone <laughs> jackhammer <laughs> they are like jackhammers <laughs> and like they have their place if, yeah. if you want to get off fast right like yeah have their place um mm -hmm. but i think if you have the time to slow down mm. really take that time with yourself yeah um because i also think the thing about like vibrators um i actually heard the the woman who um is the owner of yoni pleasure palace she was talking about this it's almost like if you use that all the time mm. you end up it's like, that's what you need. You need more of that. So then when you're actually being intimate with a partner, mm. um, it can be harder to have an orgasm because you need that. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like now you're used to that instead mm. of something that isn't like a jackhammer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, how is a man supposed to compete with that? <laughs> exactly right i can't even i was like i can take notes on this but like even taking the notes is like it's not gonna like it's not gonna do anything like it's like i would I perform like a jackhammer i'm like like no i need like freaking probably like tie my something on me like something that will actually get me going that fast um but it's interesting i think what happens is because yeah like you if you get yourself used to that then and now if you're just having sex with your husband and like the body and the mind is one is expecting all that right 
So, which makes sense. It's like, it's like men watching porn. If you keep watching porn, you get yourself used to that. And that's why a lot of men that watch porn, they cannot, um, they don't get turned on by their significant other because they have literally, I think it's that sense, desensitize, desensitize their body or their pleasures. So where like they expect that hyper stimulating images and all that to get going. Right. Which kind of makes the same thing for a woman. If she's, yeah, we're working with a jackhammer all the time, and then you get a small hammer. It's like it just makes something. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be a small hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and I was not, I was not saying this as if like your husband had a small hammer. Like it just that just that just what came to my mind there. <laughs> funny. So when but, did you go ahead. Now I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Um, let me try and think. Oh, I was going to say something about porn. Like, I feel like it's kind of, it's ruined, like, true intimacy. Mm. And, and, like, what's better than true intimacy with another person? Mm, right. Better. That's like, so true. So. But if, but if you're not, in tune with yourself and you're not in tune your body you're operating out of trauma you're operating out of um then you don't actually know right and i say that because i'm 32 i only discovered real intimacy at 29 30 so prior to that i had no idea anything about it like i didn't even know like i'm like no what are you talking about it's having sex with someone getting off that's that's the that's the best joy in life where now i love intimate situations with a partner or whether it's a platonic or you know and for me intimacy can be experiential intimacy like going on an adventure going on a hike it could be emotional intimacy like sharing some very deep things with you about what i've gone through and you literally see me hear me and hold space for me there is uh intellectual intimacy where we talk about a topic with each other that's both gets us going whether it's sex or it could be just architecture it could be whatever it is and we experience intimacy with each other through those right so i'm well aware of all those things right so but you're right porn doesn't that's i have um i work with men helping them get over watching pornography so you're right porn definitely destroys intimacy it destroys a lot of other things your own confidence your own um self-esteem all that stuff and it makes you socially awkward but yeah it's definitely ruined intimacy for um for sure because you watch that you're like oh okay that's what women want too. And you totally don't know anything about anything like that, right? Um, when did you start writing just the things that you write about? Um, that's probably about six years, too. I feel like okay. six years ago, I had a soul awakening. And then, mm -hmm. then oh, so I would say that before that, my writing was very PG. Okay, okay. Very PG. And okay. also... I felt like I hadn't really found my voice mm. and sometimes like I actually wanted to be a writer when I was a teenager like, mm. I, I want to be and I would write stuff and then I read it and I'm like well this is awful mm. <laughs> this is awful it's not like how I heard it in my head like it didn't yeah. come out on the page how I wanted it and so I just gave up I was like mm. okay I'm not doing this but then yeah, then when I started writing like this, it just started flowing and it felt mm. like my voice or even sometimes, I don't know, 
something working through me or <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah. And I think one of the things that I really love is when women will send me messages and say how like I've inspired them to embrace that side of themselves more. Mm -hmm. And some of them have been other writers or other people, but and like watching them blossom in their own like divine feminine is just I'm like wow. Like mm -hmm. oh my goodness. Because then it makes sharing worth it just to yeah. see that, right? Oh, it's amazing. Would you say like when you're sharing stuff like this? it comes like it's like are you expressing your own desires your own fetishes and fantasies or is it more like you are you feel more like just the messenger in a sense of where you're like i just like you're like okay i'm gonna think i want to think about sex and what could i share about or is it more like do you feel like it like naturally it comes and this is what you're feeling this is what you're thinking these are your own personal desires and fetishes and fantasies I feel like it's kind of both. Mm. So, like, yeah, it's funny how sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have to write something in, you know, and it's how I'm feeling right now. Mm. Um, and other times it's like an idea that pops into my head and I just go mm. with it or something that I read or a friend said to me or, you know, that kind of thing. So okay. I actually always kind of like that no one really knows whether that piece came from my imagination or from my experience. Until now. <laughs> Stop giving away my secrets. <laughs> I asked that because I feel like we live in a world where like what I desire or what my, let's say fantasy, like if I have a fantasy of wanting to tie a woman down, we live in a world where it's like our cultural environment, programming, family, all the stuff, has suppressed the fetishes and the fantasies mm -hmm. where myself in the last two years, as I've been diving deep into just understanding myself um, in this shadow work, I have started to express and embody and learn more about my fantasies. So it's like, if I have the, you know, I have this fantasy of, let's say, tying a woman down, it's like, okay, well, why? And I like look into that. I'm like, what, what about that gets me going? What about that excites me? Because I'm more obsessed with just, discovering myself and understanding myself on a deeper level that's just been my obsession for as long as I remember and that's what's led me to where I am so for me it's like it's not even sexual it's more like the more you understand your desires and your fetishes the more you learn about yourself mm -hmm. and then the more you accept yourself and then the more then I accept every other mirror that comes in my life if my partner ever is like hey I want you to choke me put this in me and this stuff I'm not going to be judgmental I'm going to be like Mm, I like that. Let's try it. You know, what what got you here? So what me learning about my own fantasies has done is just taught me more about who I really am. That's all it really is, right? And most of the time, it's not a sexual thing. It's just, it's just, it's an expression of something that I desire. And that's all it really is to me, right? Um, so that's why I was curious where it comes for you. Um, What's like one thing able to completely surrender mm. right? and be in, Oh, that's something I was going to say and be in the moment. Like I can think of, you know, it's like when you're having sex and in your mind, you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go like pick up that. I, what mm. am I going to have make for dinner? Like, look, 
So I remember being like that mm. and never really feeling like I was fully present in just that moment that this is all that matters right now. Mm. The connection with someone else or, you know, and now it's like, I don't do that at all. Mm. Never once in my mind does anything like that pop in my head. Mm. I love it because I'm like, I can actually just be fully present mm. with my partner at that time. That's and amazing. Really, really feel. And it's like when your souls are just kind of intertwined. Yeah. It's, I think, I feel like. I always wonder how many people are just kind of having mediocre sex mm. that's not on a soul level, like, mm. it's like a physical release or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm always wondering. I believe it's a lot, way more people than you would actually, it's probably like 90% of the population where I always say in my programs, they're just, everybody's just using each other's body to masturbate. Um, but nobody's really actually diving deep um, and having like soul, uh, soul, soul connection, right? Soul sex. Um, I have a couple questions actually, but what you just shared just now, you used to be, you know, where, you know, you're, let's say you're having sex with your partner and you're thinking about, oh, what am I going to do with the kids? Or what are we making for dinner tonight? To where now you're just fully, just, you know, you're present in these experiences. Besides like, you know, you, when I earlier asked you, how do you get into this energy is where, you know, you take baths and all stuff like that but I feel like there could be something else where how did you go from where the person that was, I was thinking about what I'm going to do next, all stuff like that to becoming the person you are now where you are present in the sexual experience in the moment. What got you there? Or how did you make that transformation? <laughs> That's a hard question. <laughs> I've been told I asked, I've been told I have, I asked really like hard questions. <laughs> I, don't know if I know the answer to that. Like, hmm. I don't really know what changed. Mm. I wish I could. I wish I knew that maybe mm. like some kind of magical thing everyone could do it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure that the woman listening, they're like, wait a minute. So she used to be like us where she was, you know, just like, you know, when my husband is on top, I'm like groceries. But what is it? Was he thinking? <laughs> or like now listen to her. She is truly sounds like living a good, pleasureful life. And they're like. How did you get there, Charlotte? Like, help us out. Give me the steps. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like it's totally getting back into your body. Mm, and, makes sense. And the whole sensual thing. And like for, even for me, okay, I love dresses. Mm. Love dresses. And like, honestly, if you could look in my closet, it's, it's kind of an addiction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's such a, it's such an easy way for me to feel totally feminine, mm. especially if you don't wear panties. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely, I'm sure they'll take notes on that one. <laughs> um, like, I don't know. I think if women could, or even if they can start journaling mm. um, and Oh, what is it um, like you know they say when you wake up in the morning to start writing it's like just a stream of consciousness because you're kind of still in that sleepy state mm. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter what you write. Um, but even starting to do that or thinking to themselves, like what makes them feel sensual? Is it dancing? Like mm -hmm. is there something you could put on that just makes you feel really good? Mm -hmm. um, is it lighting a beautiful non-toxic candle? <laughs> and, or like, yeah, or that scent that you wear that makes you feel really sexy and yeah and but i feel feel like it's so much your mind like in your mind mm. that's why like so many of my things um are the one that i can think of where it's like mind fuck me mm. uh, like first right yeah because i wish yeah i wish men knew this <laughs> it's like if you just can do that First, like, turn a woman on in her mind first. Mm -hmm. This is not brand new information, right? Yeah. It's, it's been known. And so men who are really good at that, mm -hmm. like, that's like a way to fire up a woman pretty yeah. quickly and get mm -hmm. her like back into herself. And mm. Those are know. great stuff. No, those are great stuff. Getting into your body, movement, dancing, and the learning like I, i've learned a lot uh, to from like, i implement i guess i could say tantra practices and yeah like the dance a lot of men would assume or think like okay so it's like especially if you're with a partner boom you get into the bed and then like i'm, I'm, I'm gonna turn it on and then like you have sex but i believe the dance starts way before you get to the bedroom the dance yeah. starts from the the moment the dance starts from the last time you had sex as soon as that session was over foreplay starts till the next time and then the whole thing is a dance till you get to the next time and then how you play that how you do that is you know it's how turned on your woman will be right mm -hmm. and i think the men that do this really well um are the ones that are in tune with their own body and their own feminine energy it's like right. the more i've learned about myself the more i have been able to turn on the woman in my life in a better way because i have learned how to turn myself on on a deep level mm -hmm. i've got into my own body right so it's like and then i'm able to understand but so most men are they don't get into their bodies they're not uh i haven't done i guess the work of understanding themselves discovering themselves like the more you learn about yourself the more you can learn about your woman the same emotional storms that your woman goes through i go through it myself as well and once i'm able to learn how to tap and control and release and process the emotions within my own self I'm able to do the same thing for my woman. Mm -hmm. She loses it. I'm not like, why do you do that? You Let's fix this. No, I'm like, baby, I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. What's on your mind? Mm -hmm. we'll, we, we, we'll go through this. Now we will fix this, but we'll go through this. I'm here. And you don't even have to say that, actually. That's the, the whole grounded, present, masculine energy. You can just be there, you know, and then that's how your woman comes turned on and then you have good sex. And those are the men that are happy living a good life, living all the way up to 90, 100. <laughs> um, and I feel but, like if people, people would be way less angrier if they were hmm. having better sex more often. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And um, like more orgasms. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. But um, I think like being really open hmm. to your partner and being open to your relationship changing mm. um 
yeah, I feel like those are all really important. Something else popped into my head, but it went out now. So. Mm. But That's even, what... I was going to say other things too that I feel like have really helped me. Meditation is one. Mm. Um, and like get your bare feet outside on the ground. I mean, maybe not when it's snowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like just grounding mm. and things like that. Like anything that can... that just rem reminds you to like feel because mm. so much we're in our heads thinking yeah I mean yeah I know we talked about getting into her mind and whatever yeah. but it's not just that right I think mm. like usually we're thinking about stressful things or things yeah. that need to be done and stuff instead of just actually being here and present and yes because this is all we have right here right now this moment mm -hmm. the past doesn't matter the future like right now this exactly that's so true and you're spending it with me and yes <laughs> this experience right here when i'm 60 70 and i look back december 15 what i was i doing it's december 15 right no 16 what was i doing <laughs> <laughs> like i was recording a podcast with charlotte you know what's uh and also just to touch back on your like seducer mind well, there's a saying that I always love that seduce your mind or seduce your soul and you can have your body, um, mm -hmm. which is, makes sense. Like when you look at the anatomy of a woman, like everything down there is connected actually to the brain. Like all the nerves are connected there. It's just like it truly. Right. So it's interesting. Like for me, as I was just sharing, I'm like, seems so simple. But then I'm like, why are so many people? But then I, I remember how I have got here and I didn't just wake up like this <laughs> and like the books and the practices and the retreats and the courses and the, the coaches and everything that I've gone through to be who I am today so I'm like yeah I guess maybe it's not as easy like I guess but you can make an effort right you can mm -hmm. make an effort to get there um what's one thing I'm going to ask this in a two-part question for a man and woman but like so for women what's one thing or a couple things you wish women knew about sex and intimacy. Okay, let me think for a sec. Okay, I feel like one thing, especially, is I'm sure men on some level do this too, but I feel like women are always so critical of their bodies mm. and so if you are worried about like parts of yourself or whatever and that's what you're thinking about instead of what you're doing yeah, yeah. that's going to take you like right out of your body already mm. not in a good way <laughs> yeah. you want him to take you out of your body yeah <laughs> fly me to the moon but because mm -hmm. I can even think for myself, like some things where I'm like, oh, so critical of that area or whatever, yeah. and it's bothersome. And then I'm like, but he doesn't care, mm. right? If you ask most men, do they care? No. <laughs> <laughs> They're having sex with a beautiful woman and someone mm. that they are like connecting with on a totally deep soul level. They, they don't care. Yeah. And I just feel like so many women are we're really conscious of that and mm. to remind ourselves like like 
you're a fucking sexy goddess. Own it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Stop worrying about every little thing. Like he mm-hmm. wouldn't be here if he was, and if he does care, then he, you should be like, bye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not the man for you, right? Yeah. I have a conversation with him. That definitely. No, that's good. Anything else you wish women knew about love and intimacy? Okay, this is for both. Okay. I feel like most people don't actually know what unconditional love is. Mm. Because I think if you ask people, it's like, oh, they love their partner, but what? if their partner were to do this mm-hmm. or this, well, then they wouldn't be with them anymore. Or so I feel like, but that's not unconditional love then. Mm. Because truly having unconditional love, I mean, it doesn't mean that maybe it doesn't mean they haven't done something wrong or whatever, mm. but it's accepting that person as like a human being mm. and you're all it's like we're all just on this journey mm. but to place conditions on your love mm. like i just feel like that's it's kind of like a recipe for disaster yeah, <laughs> right? i agree and, yeah like i think we have when you have a child, you have unconditional love for a child, mm. right? But with our spouse or our partner, I feel like there's a lot of condition. And that society has tried to put love into a box. Yeah. Love doesn't fit in a box, mm-hmm. right? And it's not like there's, love is infinite. Mm. There's so much of it. And you just keep like you can it there's not like a end of a supply of it or something like that right we can have more love see that's the other thing too i think is um with people thinking they can only love one person at one time too Mm. i'm like "Mm, no you can you can Mm -hmm. love more than one person at a time but you're told that you shouldn't Mm. Right. And so then that you should feel bad about that. And um, like, I always think to myself, okay, when I was having my second child, Mm. I remember thinking, how am I ever going to love this baby as much as I love my first? Yeah. And then she arrived into the world and I'm like, oh, right. Like you just, you just have more love, Mm. but we're only supposed to love one partner. Mm. Right. You can't love anyone else like that. Yeah. Only if you're so unrealistic. (laughs) And I think that's where it comes like only if we are in a monogamous relationship, but if you're not in a monogamous relationship, then you are, because then you, then you know that you're okay with it. You know, you have that conversation with your significant other, you know, I have friends that are in open marriages. So, and then once you're okay with that, then you do, I guess, then you feel, okay, okay, I can love another person. Then you go into it, but I haven't seen anybody, um, from my experience, a lot of the open marriages that I've seen, it's they don't usually fall in love with another person. It's more like just to f- fulfill some other desires, but then they end up just going back into what are, it could end up being what they do love that person and they love another person, 
and then they fall out of love with this person and they go fall in love with that person. This is something actually I'm not even, I, I don't know. It's, I read, I think I read this somewhere where like you cannot love two people at once. And, but I guess that's such a, because as I'm just processing that, I'm like, no, I, you could love two people at once. I think that's, that's just like a, like, I don't, I actually don't know. I have to, I have to try this. <laughs> See, like, I got to love one person first here. Like, I'm not even there yet. So I got to like, and then see if I have the capacity. I believe I have the capacity to love so many people, but like on an intimate container, I, I don't know, like, because I've been in love once and like no other, nobody else. Like I didn't even have a desire for anybody else. It was like this person, like all I wanted to do and everything I wanted to do was with this person. So it's mm-hmm. like, there was no, like, even not that I didn't have room for it, but it's like, I just wanted to pour all this love on this person. So yeah, it's interesting. I know. I know. And I think like everyone's different. Mm. right? And one thing isn't going to work for someone else. I was thinking about this recently. I feel like if we like, with all the programming and conditioning around relationships and things like that, if we just let all that go, we kind hmm. of get to design our own relationship. Yeah. Or how cool would it be if we did like, mm-hmm. with our partner without caring what like your neighbors think or your friends think, or, you know, like mm. design a relationship you want. Yes. And do it together and figure out what, what works. And yeah, I just feel like there's just like it, well, at least for me, I just have like this abundance of love. Mm. That's why I keep writing about it. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> right? amazing. Pour it out on the page. <laughs> I thought just saying, you know, your relationship is, you know, it's your own relationship. It's your own project. It's not a community project. So we shouldn't care. I think I read this somewhere. Yes, they shouldn't. We shouldn't care about what mom and dad and culture, family, environment things. No, it's like it's my relationship and with this person, and we are going to decide what to do with it, how to do it, and go about it. Right? Yeah. And I think yeah, I sent you a picture of that book, Sex at Dawn. Like so, I am just. I I don't like so for the longest time I didn't believe like all the way up to 28 29 I was the kid that was like how could two people be together for so long like that sounds just like what like literally that was all my teens and it's like how could two people be together forever like that just makes no sense that could also be a, a result of my own traumas not witnessing any healthy relationships growing up we could be anything right um and only in the last like three years, four years where like I got into a relationship with a woman that I experienced deep union, love, all that. And then I was like, damn, I guess you could end up loving someone. Like you could be monogamous. Like I believe it's there, but being monogamous are not monogamous. Like it just, it's just about effort. It's about you and choosing like every day you're choosing this person. And then it could be where one day you wake up and you just don't choose this person anymore. And then you wake up the next day and you don't choose this person. And then it could be a week and a month. And then you're like, okay, I guess. But if you're with someone for 20 years and you choose to go your separate ways, does that mean you're not monogamous? Or it just means that you outgrew that person, right? Like you guys just, your mission changed, your values changed and certain things changed. And now you guys are just going your opposite way. That doesn't mean that you are not monogamous this whole time, but you just changed, right? So I think that's a interesting topic and the the book sex at dawn 
that's even though there's some cool stuff in it but it's like but that book was written like it's talking about hundreds of years ago hundreds of years ago it was like 10 20 people living in a small village and there wasn't anybody close to you and like you guys are migrating and then there's like three women four men and you guys like the only thing that's the test of your survival is like if you create more babies it's just like all right like let's keep having sex and then keep doing it right so which is totally different to where the world that we live in now mm -hmm. so many different dynamics in play right um yeah because in that book i haven't read much of it yet um like i think it talks about like how like humans were are, were not naturally monogamous we've no. evolved to be mm -hmm. right for the structure of the household, for the, you know, yeah. people can, you know, build together. And there's so many cultural, environmental, you know, religious, you know, family expectations and rules and structures that has formed the monogamous um, culture, right? But at the same time, in the last decade or so, probably even in the 60s and 70s, during the hippie movement or whatever, I wasn't around, but... <laughs> Like there was, you know, like there, the the sexual liberation, you know, like so that it has brought into where like open. I missed it. No, <laughs> you know, can you just go back in time there? Uh, open marriages and all this stuff have become more normal. Uh, where there's yeah, there's a lot of people that are experiencing those things and doing that kind of stuff, right? So mm -hmm. I think it's all based on personal opinion and the two people what they choose to do, and then. But I think you just go through stages and phases. Like you can be monogamous and you can be non-monogamous. Right. I, I, I think believe. like, because um, I'm also reading The Ethical Slut right okay. now too. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting read. Um, where even like one partner is monogamous and the other one isn't. Mm. But they have a relationship together and they make it work. That's so, interesting. See, that's what I'm, it's like, I feel like we get to design our own relationships. Yeah. Screw the yeah. box. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not going in the box anymore. <laughs> we definitely, definitely screw the box. <laughs> oh, man. No it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting because it really, you're right, you know, like design your own relationship because even myself, like hearing that where like one person is monogamous, the other isn't my first reaction inside me was, I was like, wow, like I wouldn't like settle for that in this where like my mind was like, no, I wouldn't let my partner be non-monogamous. And then I wouldn't, I would also go out there and do it, you know? But then it's like, I, I don't know if that was like a reaction from the ego or like the reaction from my inner child. It's like, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> like guys, we're just having a conversation here. Okay. We're just, we're just, you know, this is just a, this is just a trigger going towards what Charlotte said. That's all. We're not, you know, <laughs> it's okay. We're good. We're safe. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. You, you, yeah. You design, you design your own relationships. But to, yeah, go back into that question again. So what's one thing or something that you wish men knew about love and intimacy? I feel like the list could be so long for men. <laughs> hmm. And yet I can't. <laughs> um, hmm. That's good. That's good that it's taking you time because that's a reflection of your husband. That means that he's doing so all the right things that you're like, no, I don't think there's anything they need to know. He's on, he's on good track here. Um, 
I feel like being really observant mm. of the woman that you're with. Um, like some men pay attention. Yeah. To, like they really pay attention to little details that even like I wouldn't notice. Mm. Um, and it's almost like they're storing it in their brain to use later. <laughs> but, and even when you're being intimate, mm. paying attention to her and like all the little cues that she gives off without even saying anything. Mm. Like there, there are some men who are really good at that too. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to, like, I wouldn't know how to teach that, but <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. But I think something like that, mm. learning how to do that. And maybe it's just being more present again, right? And really yes. paying attention to her. And Those are good. Away, right? Mm-hmm. Those um, are good. Figuring out, like, because I think, like, you can figure out what somebody likes and doesn't like without even really having to say it or ask it mm-hmm. yeah you're just paying attention mm-hmm. yeah. no, i agree with that and for a man that are listening i believe the way to become more observant and be more present is just do your own inner work and it's interesting as you said that i had like a I had like a joy and smile on my face because that's something i get a lot from women in my life of how observant i am how i'm like I listen so well and I remember things and it's like, I feel, I feel her without even asking, you know, like, it's like, I, um, like I have a friend of mine, you know, where like, like, yeah, like I was, sometimes I'll send her a text where I'm like, I feel like you need this friend. I need this hug right now. Or like, I should be there. And she'd be like, I, I, like, how do you know that? You know, like, how do you know that in that moment? You know, like I was sending him a note, like, Hey, sometimes I'll send a text to a lady friend. I'm like, Hey, this is just a note let you know I'm thinking about you you know and it's like and they're like whoo like how did you know like you know I, I I wanted to hear that right now right yeah um but then to the point of being observant with your woman when you're in front of her to because body language is a language mm-hmm. and if you're truly observing you can you know from the little things like you know click on the neck right here the nerves to just like just you know just like eyes going different the nose the ears like you know just don't like this like slowly you can understand and learn your woman that when she does this it means something when she does you know all the stuff there's meaning without any words you know there's a quote by Rumi I think in the silence is when there is so much noise when you know you can really um the language is just to keep the mind busy right it's like the heart there's no language silence is a language of the heart right so I believe to be more observant is to just do your own work like once you know how to listen to all the cues and the emotional things in your own body, mm-hmm. you just naturally, it just, it becomes natural. Like the more I cater to my own self, the more I tap into my own parts and understand myself, the better I am at understanding. It doesn't have to be a partner. It could just be anybody that I'm, I'm able to observe them and I'm able to, and then through observation, you can only observe if you're present. So presence is first, learn to be present. And then the more present you are, the better you're able to observe the person in front of you, right? Mm 